You're listening to an episode of a Wondery Plus exclusive series. To continue listening, join Wondery Plus and enjoy ad-free listening to over 40,000 episodes, early access to your favorite podcasts, and more. Find Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy you're here. I've got something important to share with you. It's a mantra. Say yes, adventure follows, then growth. It's a simple one, and I didn't even discover it until I was 50 years old. But once I figured out this mantra, it explained perfectly my whole life story. See, I'd evolved from a girl growing up in Nashville dreaming about becoming an actress to becoming an accountant, which, let's just say... I did not particularly enjoy. Sure, it felt safe and secure, but I didn't like it. As soon as I realized that, I walked out of that job and I never looked back. I became a model, (laughs) and then a chef, and then a talk show host. Why did it take me so long in life to really find my groove? That's something I'm going to try and figure out with you right here. Running away from life is hard to do Especially when there's nothing else for you From Wondery, this is Say Yes with Carla Hall. Every week on this podcast, I'm going to talk to people about how they have evolved in their lives and what happens when they say yes, even when it's scary. For the past few months, since this whole pandemic started, I've been going online every day on my Instagram Live to do what I'm calling recess. I commit to moving or playing or dancing for just 10 minutes. There's a lot of hula hooping and skitball and jump rope. But the one thing that I know, when I shake my booty, I change my moody. You guys, we're going to step into the weekend like this. That's right. It's become a joy booster, a mood lifter, and a fear fader. It's a chance to do something different, to do something silly, to join with a community. I now have a recess community. It blows my mind each and every day. And each day, I've got to work up a little courage, put myself out there, actually do something I'm not comfortable doing. Which is why my first guest for Say Yes couldn't be more perfect, Kristen Bell. What struck me about Kristen is that, yeah, she's Princess Anna in the Frozen movies. Yeah, she saved the world on The Good Place. Oh, one question. Where am I? Who are you and what's going on? You, Eleanor Shellstrop, are dead. Your life on Earth has ended, and you are now in the next phase of your existence in the universe. Cool. And sure, she's got this really amazing marriage with fellow actor Dax Shepard. But she's also not afraid to show her messy side. She's not afraid to admit that she's still a work in progress, that she's still trying all kinds of new things. And you know what? You just got to do it like the world's not watching. Life is full of personal wins, whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list. Winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan... 
You can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello? Hello? Oh, well, hello. Well, I'm sitting in the laundry room, actually the utility room. I... I'm sitting in the, well, I suppose now it's the second grade classroom, also known as uh, our guest bedroom, and there's toys strewn all over the floor. Um, There's a big chalkboard. There is a rug pad, no rug, okay? So just picture like the sort of insulation, gray, matted, because I believe one of the dogs peed on it recently, so we rolled it up and then forgot about it. Okay. This is the bed that my do- my two daughters and I sleep in since my husband broke his shoulder. And so, yeah, it has remnants of the three of us living out of this little room. Oh, right. So he gets the big room and you all get the the classroom. Yes, basically. Well, first of all, the this bed in here is the king-size bed. It's the only king-size bed. So oh, it nice. fits all three of us and... It, the first night I was a little nervous to roll onto his shoulder mm-hmm. and the girls also, you know, with anxiety, Corona, school starting, blah, blah, blah. They're just always begging for someone to sleep with them. So it's been for a couple of weeks now that it's been the three of us in this front room and, and daddy's just sort of had his kingdom uh, in the other bedroom, which I support. I think when you just got surgery, you're allowed to sleep in and go to bed later and have your own suite. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. And, and not have somebody roll on your, your broken ribs. Yeah, 100%. You know. It's the least we could do for the man. Uh, no, you, you know, I mean. I, I want to talk about you and Dex because with me and Matthew being home together in the beginning of the pandemic, and this is, this is more time than we, that we have spent together during this pandemic than we have, honestly, in the last probably eight years mm-hmm. because I worked in New York and I would come home every weekend. So this is the biggest stretch of time. And we, you know, he will, he will say something to me like, um, may I ask you something? And I always know that it's going to be something that I did, like ask me really not to do something. And and I get ready to laugh because he's trying to couch it like, um, But what I love that you call, you call this period of time or when you and Dax go through that, like house cleaning, like your house cleaning phase. This is one topic I actually love talking about because I want to make sure that as anyone who's sort of showing themselves publicly, I think should be pretty transparent about Mm -hmm. the ups and the downs. And that's one thing I really try to do. And so Dax and I made a, a, in a sort of an agreement early on that we would be honest about our fights, that we wouldn't sort of pretend we just had this like effortless marriage. We are both so bullheaded and stubborn and strong-willed. And it takes a lot for those, for two people like that to stay married. And we were hitting a house cleaning, which is what I call the sort of big fight every that marriages get into like every two years, the really big one. Mm-hmm. We were hitting that right when COVID began. 
So, and it, what was odd, it, it's not the amount of time we spend together. What's crazy is that he and I spend, when we spend more time together, we're better. It's when we don't have a team activity, when we don't have a collective goal, like a job, like when we work together or a project at home, those are great for us. We were actually spending too much time apart because of the busyness of life. And then we we're kind of both feeling a little bit ignored. Like it's sort of, everything's very usual. There's nothing crazy. I didn't feel like he helped enough around the house. He didn't feel like I was connecting with him enough. And we, right when the doors closed on the world, we were having to sit next to each other and we hadn't worked any of this out or talked it out. And, you know, it's funny because like Glennon Doyle uses this same example. I got it from her, but it was really a case of, is he going to chew that loudly every time? is she going to leave every damn cupboard door open? And the answer was just yes to both of those things. And we had a big knockdown drag out fight. We talked about everything that we wanted to change and what we needed. We tried to be great listeners to each other. We said a lot of nasty swears during the fight. We got over it and we decided that we need to really live in grace for the next couple months with this whole thing going on. I need to be like, is he going to chew that loud? Yeah, he is. Then that's okay. I'm going to give him grace. Yes, I leave the cupboard open because I'm going to come back there tomorrow and I'm going to open it again. (laughs) So why not just leave it open now? See, I'm the loud chewer in my family. Okay. And Matthew has this thing. He's, He's sensitive to noises. He's always telling me that I can make pudding crunch. If I'm eating popcorn, I need to take a whole fist of popcorn and just keep pushing into my mouth because I like the crunch. Whereas Matthew eats one kernel at a time. I'm like, I don't even know how that tastes good. Yeah, you got to give each other grace. You got to be aware of that it's a sensitivity. And then he's got to be aware of how great you are besides the chewing, right? Like we all have to just give each other grace. Because other than that, you guys probably work really well together. Oh my gosh. Okay. There's something else that I realized that you do so well. And I am like, oh my gosh. And I'm sure you can't guess it in a million years. Skip, you are a great skipper. Wait, what? You skip really well. Thank you. Where did is there footage? I mean, I do like to frolic and skipping is part of that. I do I do love a good skip. You I've were, never talked about that before. I know. You were frolicking and skipping in your video, your African video when you were in Tanzania. Oh yeah. I was like, I mean, I saw the animals were great. Okay. Running right. with the giraffes. That's that was great. But when, yeah. when you came on and you were skipping. And you were frolicking. I was like, look at this girl. Oh, man. It was captivating. Yes, because it's joy. It was joy. I mean, it felt so (laughs) joyous. And so I'm all about, you know, holding on to that childlike thing inside of myself. Yes, me too. In fact, I literally, I'm all sweaty right now because I just finished a dance party with my daughter. We do like dance interpretation often (sighs) in the living room. We'll do songs from Hamilton or Rent or Dear Evan Hansen. It's mostly musical theater because it has a lot of story in it. Mm -hmm. And we will just be tumbling and screaming to each other. And it's all our personal performance. You just got to do it. Whatever's in your heart. We've been doing the Hairspray soundtrack and the Annie soundtrack a lot Ah. recently. And they've been getting on their roller skates they're five and seven. They've been putting their roller skates on, grabbing a broom and going throughout the house and blasting It's a Hard Knock Life. 
acting like they're orphans and their life is so awful. They just have to clean all day. And it is so freaking funny. Okay. So when, when I do recess tomorrow and, and I'm on my Instagram, I'm going to give you all a shout out because I'm going to put on my roller skates. I'm going to grab <gasps> my broom and I, I'm going to go around the house. I kid you not. I do will tag it. you. I am, I am going, I promise you, I promise myself, I am going to do that because that sounds like such a good time. I'll be watching. Is there ever a time when you were super unsure about something, but you said yes anyway, as if you had that safety net? Oh, wow. I feel like almost everything I've ever done has been that. I mean, I was asked to dance and sing a number from Fame on the Emmys, like really early on in my career when I was on Veronica Mars. And I thought, this is insane. I don't have the dance training for this. And I said, yes, Mm -hmm. and I was way in over my head there. But I always, even if I am qualified, I struggle with like the night before every job. I'm like, I I don't know how to act. I do not know how to do this. I should not have taken this. I don't know what I'm doing. What do you think you discovered about yourself when you said yes to to doing that on the Emmys? Well, it went fine. I guess what I discovered is that you're going to have people around you, whether it's in a nine to five job that you don't know how to do where you have someone sitting next to you, or it's Mm -hmm. a theater performance where you have a cast and crew you just got to lean on the people around you. It's one of the biggest lessons I took from doing The Good Place was the human connection cannot be underestimated. And I was so nervous about doing that fame thing until I realized, oh, I was with 10 incredibly qualified backup dancers who would adjust the choreography if I couldn't do it. There Mm -hmm. were so many solutions if I was just able to get out of my own head and ask for them. And that, that did sort of start my wheels turning about how important it is to admit when you think you can't do something and just yes. ask people for help. Just say like, I-, I don't think I know how to do this. Can you explain it to me again? Or could you give me more support in this area? And every time I've ever done that, I've been met with shockingly positive results. I mean, that is the brave and transparent thing to do, right? To just admit that you don't know something. It- it's actually the shortest distance between two lines. It is this weird sort of catch-22 for human beings, right? Like we, my husband and I love talking about the human brain. He, he studied anthropology, which he'll tell you every time you listen to his podcast. We talk about like how interesting it is, how difficult it is for humans to be vulnerable, when really that is the key to everything but we think we have to put on this air of perfection, of, of know-it-allness. And don't get me wrong, I live in a house full of know-it-alls, of which I am one. But when it comes to asking for help, we try to be very honest with our kids, for sure, about how important that is and how many solutions are out there. I do think it's also teaching people about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. I think because that translates to adulthood really well. There's two mindsets that you can have and it's like a growth mindset. It allows you to persevere through failures because, you know, effort is required to build new skills and a fixed mindset is where you avoid challenges. Mm. My kids go to a school that harps on growth mindset so much. The teachers are saying, okay, I want everyone to write down three things they think are really important for our class code because they want this participation mentality. They want you to basically be able to grow and contribute even if you're not sort of chosen. It's really interesting to see a brain grow up when you're exposing them to a growth mindset where you really are trying to learn all the things you can. 
This segment of Carla's Pantry Stories is presented to you by Panera's line of cafe-inspired grocery products. All right, y'all. Hands down, a career-defining recipe and an iconic dish was the chicken pot pie that I made on Top Chef. So many people still to this very day, 13 years later, ask me about that dish. However, making biscuits for me has always been a way of coming together with people to make something that we all love. Every culture has its own form of biscuits. And making biscuits is a great way to come together and share and celebrate our differences as we create something that we all have in common. Biscuits are truly a way to add comfort and love to any dish. This time of year, I love having my biscuits with a side of creamy, comforting soup. Panera's year-round comfort classic, Broccoli Cheddar Soup, is chock full of delicious chopped broccoli and shredded carrot simmered in a smooth and velvety cheese sauce. It has been on the Bakery Cafe's menu for more than 30 years and in grocery stores since 2007. People love this soup so much that they look for ways to eat it every single day. And Panera knows that. So the chefs there use it as a hearty base for quick and easy meal ideas that you can make at home, like a broccoli cheddar frittata for breakfast or broccoli cheddar quinoa bites for an easy snack for the kids. Panera grocery products are developed by chefs, featuring high-quality ingredients that you can pronounce. And they're available where you buy groceries, in stores, and online. Well, speaking about growth mindset, I absolutely love The Good Place. And you have said that you're, you're so preoccupied with what it means to be a good person. Tell me what you mean by that. Well, I know in my bones that we are pack animals, right? We're community mm-hmm. creatures. Whether we were, you know, tons of time ago living in a tribe together, or it's now where we're living in cities and countries and hopefully global communities that are nice to each other. I guess that what that means to me is you have to take into consideration not just your needs, but the needs of the other person. And that means your friends, your family, the people in your workplace, while not ignoring your own needs. I mean, I, you know, am kind of a codependent. So I have to often remind myself, like, I, you have to stand up for yourself or, you know, what have you. And I've gotten really good at it later in life. But I really subscribe to this sort of, you know, the the Buddhist philosophy of, you know, if you're about to get hit by a bus, I push you out of the way, not because you were about to get hit, but because I was too, because you are me. Mm-hmm. I am you. So when I'm thinking about ways that I can simply be better in a way that it's a little bit like the good place where it's a game in my head. I don't beat myself up if I don't do it perfectly. I just admit when I was wrong and try to rectify it. But during the day, if I want to, you know, if I'm looking at my sister who comes over and is in our pod and I'm thinking, I'm so grateful for her. Well, then I turn that into, what can I do to say that? I can either say it or I could also order her favorite cookies. My love language is, is giving gifts and I really enjoy that because it makes 
it makes me feel good when other people are feeling good because we're a community. I mean, I don't really know any other way to say it other than that, that I've tried to live just where I make myself happy and it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you dropped in uh, love language. Thank you for oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, uh, mine is words of affirmation and, my, and Matthew's is quality time and touch. Oh my God. Dax, this is quality time and touch. <laughs> That's so interesting because I've noticed that since I've been sleeping in this front room with my girls, he often will like put his hands on my shoulders or if we sit down on the couch together, he'll have his hand on my knee and, I'm, and I, it occurs to me to think about the why mm-hmm. a lot because I love dissecting people. And I'm like, oh, the why is because like we're not snuggling at night because he's got this injury and I have to be careful with him. And he actually physically needs touch to survive, right. you know, because that's definitely one of his languages. <laughs> uh, I mean, you've done you've done so many things. I mean, podcasting, acting, singing, book writing and Hello Bello. Are there new ambitions that you want to explore Sheesh, I don't know, because I got to be honest, each one of these things has come up pretty organically and it's Mm -hmm. come up either by luck at the right time or by an inventive idea that, that felt like it had magic around it. Like I, like I just wrote a children's book a couple months ago called the world needs more purple people. I was never like, yes, baby. I was like, never like, I'm going to be an author. Never. Mm -hmm. I can barely string a coherent linear sentence together. I'm like, I'm all over the map. I talk like a firework. Like I didn't think that was going to be me, but was talking with my friend Ben Hart a couple years ago, two years ago, about the the sort of all the divisiveness in the political spectrum that our children were sort of absorbing. They were seeing us and them. They were seeing red and blue. And how do we mm-hmm. talk to them about the fact that they can make their own decisions and they don't have to be one thing because their family is? And what what are the things that link us? What makes purple, right? Yes. And so we were like, oh, what are all the things we can agree on? Laughing a lot, asking great questions, using your voice, you know, and then now I'm an author, which seems crazy to me, but it's been a fun road. And I, I mean, I will say the only thing that I hope comes next or in the future is I love singing so much. And I love when I can do a project that incorporates that. Mm -hmm. So I hope they make Frozen three, four, five, and six. I love that. Maybe purple people will turn into an animated film and then there will be songs. That'd be, it'd be great. It'd be my dream to have it be, yeah, some sort of like an animated, even a cartoon on television where yeah. it was just getting that message across to kids that there are, there are uh, character traits that are important, not sides, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? There, there is a, yeah, a way of thinking, like a growth mindset, listening to other people and a critical thinking and, and individuality and celebrating your individuality and knowing that you, you know, you may be different from your neighbor, but that's kind of what makes this country great. And to celebrate those differences and to honor them and to, and to help when the differences are not okay. When the yes. differences are like socioeconomic and people are struggling, then you step in. And, you know, critical thinking and growth mindset, it, it's so important to me. I would love to see those exposed to kids in a Purple People cartoon. Honestly, after when I was reading the book, um, in my head, I was, I, was, <laughs> I was walking around saying, the world needs more Purple People. And I was like... <laughs> Will you do our theme song? Will you do I, our theme song? I will totally do your theme song. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Purple people. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I was thinking about when you were talking about the differences and how this came up organically. My second cookbook is Carla's Comfort Foods, Favorite Dishes from Around the World. I guess it's just before 2012, the next election that Obama was running, and everybody is like talking about their differences and everything. And so I decided to do this book where I take an ingredient like spinach and I show it four different ways around the world. I take rice four different ways around the world. Oh, you know, I love that. You look at the Chinese, you look at Haitians, you look at Africans, you know, nobody's going to say, why do you do your rice like that? You're like, oh, that's how you make your rice. Oh, okay. This is how we make our but rice. But there's stories there. And you're not just doing something about food. You're seeing people. Yes. You're showing people. And, you know, one of the reasons I love being a storyteller is because it's what brings people together. Mm-hmm. When you can find a common theme and it's, you know, it's the same thing we try to do in Purple People of like, nobody can argue that it's not fun to laugh. I don't care who you are. Right. You know what I mean? It is fun to laugh and you cannot be angry if you're laughing. That is something that every single human being can agree on. And when you show the things that make us similar, it's just so much stronger than showing the differences. So anytime you can link people together, through food, through books, through stories, through anything. It's powerful. It's incredibly powerful, but it also shows us humility. And and my recess that I do every day came from that, being very anxious during this time. And I started going out and just playing games like bouncy ball, skip ball, jump rope, hula hoop, you know, for 10 minutes. And, and I go live and Yesterday, I was just I was just talking to this community that I've built, and I was talking to a woman named Chef Zana who lives in Johannesburg, South Africa. And here we are talking about our food and the commonalities. When I left that live, I said to people, if you look around and you're seeing the same people that you communicate with every single day, you have homework and your mm. homework is to go and talk to somebody that you don't know who is completely different than you are. I love this so much for a variety of reasons. One of which there's a book that I just read called um, The Body Keeps the Score that talks about how important it is to do a voluntary physical activity with another human being. Mm-hmm. And it's about trauma victims, like people who have sort of uh, experienced traumatic events and they hold them in their body. And this, this researcher and, and, and psychologist discovered that talk therapy was helpful, but also doing something voluntarily physical with someone else. Like he has all yes. of his, his patients join a drum circle, join a choir, join a yoga class. Those th- doing them together to say nothing of the physical activity that humans just simply do not get enough of. We just, I mean, it's so annoying. Like I hate exercise more than anything, but I do it every single day because my mental health depends on it. Yeah. It's so necessary. I love that you're doing that. I want to join that. Well, it's random. The times are random, but they're every day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's, it is. It's really so, it's so important because we forget. We so easily forget. One of the things that made me feel safest in my life was right after I got pregnant and I was like really nervous and I felt like this feels parasitic. What is happening? My body's not my body anymore. And it occurred to me, hey, Kristen, are you the first woman in the world that's ever had a baby? <laughs> nope. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. It's so humbling to realize you're part of a group. And it's just, that's such a safe feeling for me to know that other people are out there. Other people have done it. Other people 
have had the high moments you've had, the low moments that you've had, lower moments than you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And to think about all of it gets you outside your head. You know, my husband is 15 years sober this year and they talk so much about in, the, in, in his community like that self-esteem comes from esteemable acts. And, and a, like if he's feeling really like low from a sobriety standpoint, he'll go, oh, shit, I got to pick up the phone and ask if anybody's moving, if I can help with anything. And it's like mm. annoying to do, but he does it. And then he's like, oh yeah, Brian needed help with XYZ or Joe needed you know, to vent. I did that and now I feel great. Yeah. Volunteering does so much for other people, but it does a lot for yourself. Oh, so much. 100%. You mentioned mental health. How do you take care of your mental health? I mean, during this pandemic or just in life in general? Well, I talk about it. There should be no shame in admitting like, I feel gross today. I hate everybody. I don't want to get out of bed. Like, you got to say that. I have, you know, this sort of, this was ended up being a song in Frozen, but like, this mantra of just do the next right thing. Like when I'm feeling really depressed, I just got to do the next right thing. And that's standing up out of bed. And the next right thing is walking to the bathroom. And then the next right thing is brushing my teeth. And it's a very one day at a time mentality. You know, mental health, I think it's such a, a, a spectrum for different people. You could have a depressed three months, never do it again. You may be like me who's needed a medication since you were 18 years old. Like it's, it's all so different. There's no shame in any of it, but acknowledging it is the first step. And then you got to find out all the tools and you got to see what works for you. Like for me, I have to exercise every day. Otherwise I'm just grumpy. I'm grumpy and I'm sad and the weight of the world feels like too much. So that's why we do those dance parties with our girls. And, but There's also language you can use, like, I am willing to do this. I am the kind of person who does this as opposed to I want to do this. Like, that's, I think, why New Year's resolutions don't work very well because you set a goal. You want to be the person that hikes every day. Well, you're not until you're going to be the type of person that is willing to hike every day. 100%. Yeah, right? It's exercise. It's also um, taking time for myself, which is uniquely hard for me. Because when I don't feel like I'm of service, I, I don't really know what to do. And that's my codependency. But I also know that if I'm too much running around for everyone else, I get depleted. So I have to stay mentally in check of like, is this the time that I actually need to go into my bedroom, put in an audiobook that's about God knows what, and just sit for 10 minutes in my own head? That might be this time. And I say that to my kids too. Like, I need a little privacy right now because my self-care I've realized in my 30s involves a lot of introverted things that I love that I that when I do that when I feed that introvert which I didn't for many many years when I feed her she's I'm so much happier. I love it you're saying that because I people think of me as an extrovert and I'm actually borderline introvert extrovert. So I can do a lot out and then I have to come in and recharge. And I feel the same yes. way. And it, isn't it interesting to be on that line and try to figure out where you're, what you need more of? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. my instinct is always to be like, do more, you know, but sometimes it's not. It's like, no, this is the time I actually need to close the doors and tell my husband and my kids and my friends to go away. And I, and sometimes it's even just playing on my phone. I just yeah. need to go into the bedroom, have no one around me and like be on words with friends because it's just for me. There's no stakes. There's no, there's no stakes. There's no, 
you know, it's just, just, just for me. I get to choose it. And 20 minutes of that fills me up so much. What, what do you do when you're, when you need to go into that introvert? I listen to Audible. So a lot of books on Audible. I love crafts. I, I love doing things with my hands. So I will go and I'll cut pictures out. <laughs> you know? Yes. And, and then just because it feels good, right? Yes. Like it doesn't, there doesn't have to be a single other reason. Cause other people will be like, how could that possibly help me? It's like, bro, just try it. Yeah. I, I go out, I get kids chalk and I go out and draw things on the street because I, or on our sidewalk. And I say to my husband, I'm like, I know it's going to rain tomorrow, right? And he's like, actually, no, it's going to be another week, but that's fine. But you know, it's, it's that it's, it's having something like doing something that's completely different than what I normally do, but it's also for me. And it can be as silly. It can be something that I'm working towards. I love that so much. I like um, knitting a ton too. Do you knit? Have you tried to oh, knit? Okay. I try to knit. I love it. I've been working on this scarf for about five years for somebody, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like, <laughs> like, but I do. I love, I love the sound of the needles. Oh yeah. What I'll tell you is like, it's, it's hard. It seems hard in the beginning and then you pass a point and then all of a sudden you're an expert knitter. It's like you're a beginner or an expert. There's like, it's so, once you stick with it for a little bit, you can find that you, at least for me, I made a sweater during quarantine. What? And I have never been prouder. I will send you a picture of the sweater. I had to unravel the top of this sweater four times. And the, the top of the sweater, which is really small, it's the size of about like a washcloth. It took me six weeks, six weeks, because I was just getting a stitch wrong. And I was like, nope. I want this to be good. I'm going to unravel it and I'm just going to try the whole thing again until it becomes smooth. And when I finish this sweater, I have not felt more like a gold medal winning Olympic athlete ever in my life. See that, but that is, is so, and and then you get the benefits of like self-care, mental health, hundred percent, you know, giving someone something. I mean, they, it's like all that whole package, you know? And I feel like the key for me with self-care is it has to be something that only I care about. Yeah. Like a family dinner. Sometimes cooking can feel like self-care for me, but but only if I've seen like the recipe online and been dying to make it. Like figure out how to make non bread. That would be so cool. But if it's just like making dinner for everyone, it's not as <laughs> self-care-ish for me. It has to be the sweater. Guess what? Not a single person in my life cared if I finished the sweater. Right. Nobody. And that is why it worked for me. What does 2020 mean for small businesses? You have to do more with less. Suddenly, every single hire is critical, but there are fewer resources to find the right people. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. That means you only pay for what you need. There are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. Right now, Indeed is giving listeners of our show a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try it out with a free 
$75 credit at Indeed.com slash Carla. This is their best offer available anywhere. One more time. That's Indeed.com slash Carla. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. All right. Let's talk for a minute about how important it is to take care of ourselves. We all want to do the right thing to keep our bodies healthy in the long run. Lately, I've been rounding out my wellness routine with Ritual, the obsessively researched vitamin for women. I love that Ritual comes in two easy-to-take capsules that give me nine nutrients I need to support a strong foundation for my health. Plus, there are no shady additives or ingredients that can do more harm to your body than good. My favorite thing? My favorite thing is this mint tab in every bottle to keep things fresh so you don't get that fishy aftertaste common with most omega-3s. Better health doesn't happen overnight, and right now Ritual is offering you 10% off during your first three months. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Ritual's Essential for Women, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Visit ritual.com slash Carla to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash Carla. I I have one small little segment at the end of my podcast called Biscuit Time, because in real life, one of my favorite things to do is to go up to strangers and ask them, hey, do you know how to make biscuits? And they usually say no. And I'm like, hey, let's let's make biscuits together. But Ah. I know I I freaking love that. And maybe one day we'll make biscuits together. But I um, love, love, love that. I so love making biscuits with strangers. Um, But these days, getting in front of a group is not really, you know, easy uh, or possible. So I just I decided to wrap this whole thing up in a a few questions and, you know, just little quick ish questions. So um, are you game? Do it. I'm ready. All right. How would you describe your community and who do you choose to surround yourself with? Ooh, um, I surround myself with people that are willing to learn. That's number one. Uh One of the reasons I fell in love with my husband is because he worked so hard to be sober. And in that community, you got to be willing to learn and evolve around every corner. You got to take one day at a time and you have to learn something new. And tomorrow you're different and you got to learn something new. We have this joke in our friendship group. It's um, everyone's coachable. So like, for instance, like our friend Jess, who's done like every self-help seminar ever. He's done like Landmark and like everything you can imagine. And I'll walk in and I'll I don't know, set my purse down too hard or something and huff and he'll go, okay, are you coachable? And you're allowed to answer in that moment, are you coachable? And I'll say yes. And he'll go, when you walk in like that, I just don't feel very welcome or, you know, whatever it is. And we do it when we're playing games. He'll go, are you coachable? Because he's been teaching us spades. We've been playing spades so much. And he's oh like, my God, I love spades, dude. It's biscuits and spades. Biscuits and spades, purple people. Oh my God. We have so much to do together. But yeah, I think that's so true. Being coachable 
mm-hmm. is my number one and having something to be joyful about. It doesn't have to be every moment. No one has to be happy all the time. Correct. But what somebody that has a passion, even if that passion is just making good jokes, which is usually the only passion that my friends have. I love that. All right, next question. What issue is closest to your heart at the moment? You know, this biscuit time, it takes a while to make biscuits. So what, <laughs> what <laughs> issue is closest to your heart at the moment? Oh, wow. This is a hard one. I don't know how I could choose one. I'm going to be honest. I don't know how I can choose one because it's got to be broad, like leaving this earth better than I found it because I am committed to learning so much right now about the current state of our world and have been exposed to so many things in the Black Lives Matter community that I didn't know about. I didn't know about redlining. And I can, I grew up in Detroit. I was like, I'm not a racist. Then read How to Be an Anti-Racist and White Fragility and went like, whoops, guess there's still a lot I can learn. Also, I work with No Kid Hungry a ton, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things of the problems of kids being out of school is there are, you know, my daughter goes to a school that's 50% Title I, which means 50% yeah. of the kids live on or below the poverty line and they receive a free lunch. And some of these people, some of these kids that aren't in school right now, they don't have enough to eat because they relied on the school to give them breakfast and lunch. 38 million kids. It's a lot. It's 38 million kids. That is like not, I have two kids and I think that's too many kids. I can't imagine 38 million. I've been working a lot with No Kid Hungry, figuring out how to do the distribution like that they have. And that's an incredibly important one to me because it's a deep issue that is not just about stifling the hunger. It is about how dare you ask a child to sit in an 8 a.m. math class when they have an empty belly. They cannot be asked to concentrate. There is a human need that needs to be filled before you're allowed to open a multiplication problem for them. Those would probably be the top two. Here's a lighter on the lighter side. What's the funniest thing your kids have said or done this week? Oh my God. Oh, oh, here we go. It was this morning. Now, listen, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. And let me start by saying, I don't care. Okay. You're allowed to give me any advice you guys want. Any of these listeners, you're, you're welcome to tell me I'm a terrible parent. I don't care. I'm a great parent. I think I'm learning every day. And let me stress that it's non-alcoholic. Okay. So my husband brought home a six pack of O'Doul's last night. And my daughters often uh, ask for O'Doul's. They've been at restaurants and ordered beers. They've said, do you have any O'Doul's? And the reason for this is because when we first had our child and my husband would put her in the baby Bjorn and we'd walk around the neighborhood, he'd pop uh, a non-alcoholic beer in his hand and the baby would like, you know, paw at it and and put the rim in her mouth, blah, blah, blah. So it's a sentimental thing for my girls, right? Makes them feel Mm -hmm. close to their dad. Well, last night, we're eating lasagna and tuna noodle and beans, and the three of them each have an O'Doul's open, okay? Because they're like, can I have an O'Doul's? He's like, sure. Because we try to – sorry, this answer so long, but it deserves an explanation. We're like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just essentially a bubbly juice, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing in it. We also talk to them very much about sobriety and the importance of it and why daddy can't drink, etc. So this morning, I set them in their Zooms. And they have like 15-minute breaks where they're allowed to jump around and grab a snack and wiggle it out. And I walk in to check on them at like 9.30, and both of them are drinking an O'Doul's on their Zooms. Oh, in their class? Yes. Oh! 
They're both just sipping their doolies. And I'm like, what must these other parents and teachers think of me? And then I remind myself, you don't care, Kristen. They can pretend like you're doing something wrong. I would argue that I'm not because it's non-alcoholic. And if anything, where it's it opens up the discussion for why daddy has to drink non-alcoholic beer because some people lose their privileges with drinking. Drinking's not always safe. Yeah. And yeah, so I walked in and both my children were sipping a beer in their uh, 9 a.m. Zoom, five and seven. There you go. <laughs> Kristen lets her kids drink non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I have enjoyed this so much. There's a lot here that I feel like I'm going to walk away with. And this has been so enjoyable. Thank truly. you. Right back at you. Well, I'm going to join your recess. And also, I would love to make biscuits with you sometime. Girl, I would love that. Like, seriously. I mean, I, I can do it on Zoom. I'm telling you, you guys. We should do it on Zoom. We should do it. Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk to you, Carla. Bye. Bye. We're going to wrap up every episode with a segment I'm calling This Week's Ingredient. Each week, I'll share with you an ingredient. It could be an actual food ingredient, or it could just be some action to make your life a little different. So this week's ingredient is making mistakes. I can't believe I have to tell you to do that. But as a chef, I love it when I'm given a demo and something goes wrong. Because one, I can try to fix it, and that's a lesson. Or two, it just shows you, look, everybody makes mistakes. Look, I'm always saying, with cooking nuts, there are three stages. Not done, not done, burnt. And I have burnt my share of nuts. From Wondery, this is Say Yes with Carla Hall. And remember, say yes, adventure follows, then growth. If you like our show, please give us a five-star rating and a review. And be sure to tell your friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Wondery app, or wherever you're listening right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app to listen ad-free. In the episode notes, you'll find some links and offers from our sponsors. By supporting them, you help us bring you our shows for free. You can also help us by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. If you want to check out my recess on Instagram Live, you can find me at Carla P. Hall. Audio engineering and sound design by my man, Marcelino Alpondo. Produced by Megan Monaco and Julia Shu. Executive produced by Marshall Louie and Hernan Lopez for Wondering. Blindsided? Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window. Comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. Is winner go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. Thousands, not millions. 
$200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly crying. Lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT. Stream free on Amazon Freebie or Prime Video. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuel, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the new kids and family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.